Greetings in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ from David Bay, Director, Cutting Edge Ministries, located on the internet at www.cuttingedge.org. Cutting Edge is not your typical end-of-the-age ministry. We are very different, and that is the major reason Southwest Radio has enlisted us in this podcast effort. How are we different? While we mostly share end times interpretation of prophecy with the Southern Baptist Convention, there are a number of differences which distinguish cutting edge and separate us from the Southern Baptist. God established this ministry uniquely, providing us with understanding and a biblical manner of thinking not being used by other ministries. As a result, we have been able to humbly, correctly guide our readers for the last 19 years on the basis of truth, not scare tactics. Our mission is threefold. One, to explain the goals and aspirations of the New World Order. The New World Order is the kingdom of Antichrist, and it's the Novus Ordo Seclorum on the back of your $1 bill. Number two, to explain how this implementation of this New World Order will affect the average American citizen and family. And three, to show families how they are being influenced now before we actually move into this system. Armed with this information, you will learn how you can protect yourself, your children, your family, your loved ones and friends, and live triumphant Christian lives in this most difficult world. This ministry is dedicated to seeking out the news behind the news to provide you with insights which you cannot get anywhere else. No other ministry provides this unique, comprehensive service designed to protect you, your loved ones, and your friends. And yes, we consider the King James Version of the Bible to be most precious. We strictly interpret world events in the light of prophecy. On many occasions over the last 19 years, our interpretation has proven radically right. For example, we, we discovered and reported that Israel was preparing to annihilate all Palestinians in fulfillment of Obadiah. And we posted our first article on this in September of 2000. Today, Israel is poised, ready to strike. The, the, the elite was carrying out their plan to reorganize the world into 10 supernations in fulfillment of Daniel 7, 7 to 8, chapter 2, verse 40 and 45, and Revelation 17, 12 to 17. The proponents of this kingdom, coming kingdom of Antichrist, also known as the New World Order, is boldly written by New Age and by Luciferian authors and sold in New Age and Luciferian bookstores. And this plan will fulfill all end-of-the-age prophecies to the letter. We read and study Bible prophecy literally, without stretching it according to our own interpretation as too many Christians want to do. For example, we take a unique but biblical view on the, on the global conspiracy revealed in Revelation 17, 12 to 17. The Bible says, And the ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings which have received no kingdom as yet, but receive power as kings one hour with the beast. That's verse 12. And skipping over to verse 17, we read, quote, For God hath put it into their hearts to fulfill his will 
and to agree, that is to act in harmony with one another and give their kingdom unto the beast until the words of God shall be fulfilled. Here is one of the most key understandings of correctly interpreting events at this age. World leaders are secretly acting in harmony, no matter what the media portrays. The leaders of America, Russia, China, Europe, etc. are secretly acting in harmony until the words of God shall be fulfilled. Now the words of God, the prophetic words of God will not be fulfilled until Antichrist is on the world scene. In fact, until he does arise, all major events are planned and are carried out with his appearance being the central focus. All events and all New World Order plans must be filtered through Bible doctrine and prophecy. Repeat, all events and all New World Order plans must be filtered through Bible doctrine and prophecy. Such a filtering will weed out false doctrine and fake news. This one piece that we've mentioned as to how we, we interpret uh, uh, current events has produced some startling results. In June 1998, we issued our definitive statement on Y2K, which is that, ec that supposed economic disaster to be, which would be caused by the switchover from using two digits for the year in the computer to four digits. We did not see such a collapse prophesied, it, not from Israel's return to the land on May 15, 1948, all the way through the tribulation period. We did not see such a collapse in the New Age plan, nor do we see it occurring in the first part of the tribulation period. Therefore, we posted an article in which we stated that Y2K was fraudulent and would not occur as, as, it, as it was uh, supposed to. From mid-June 1998 through late January 2000, we had to keep our head ducked down to avoid all the detractors which came after us with swords drawn. <clears throat> but of course, the supposed disaster of Y2K never occurred, and Cutting Edge saw all her disillusion supporters come back with new ones plus, plus new ones galore. The elite was carrying out their plan to reorganize the world's nation into only ten supernations in fulfillment of Daniel 7, 7, 8, 2 verses 40 to 45 and Revelation 17, 12 to 17. After the attacks of 9-11, the time had arrived to commit American troops to the task of implementing a new strategy called the Pentagon's New Map Plan. This very quiet plan has guided American foreign policy for the last 20 years, beginning with our invasion of Afghanistan in October 2001. And you can buy this book on the online. Yes, that, that is correct. The invasion of Afghanistan was intended to begin the process of clearing out entrenched dictators from the global supernation number seven, which was Northern Africa and the Middle East. The Pentagon had divided the world into two segments, the non-integrating gap and the functioning core. Since the attacks of 9-11, wars, rumors of wars, earthquakes in diverse places, volcanoes, and pestilence has ravaged countries in the non-integrating gap. Events have shown both a pattern and a purpose, not occurring by accident or by random. Millions of people are displaced and many more are dying. But the worst is yet to come. Once you understand this reality, 
that some countries and regions are lagging behind the rest of the world in being incorporated into the global economy and government and need to be boot-kicked into fully joining the world body, you will understand why we are now at war and why we will keep on going to war from the Middle East to the Korean Peninsula to Indonesia to Pakistan to Somali and even to East Timur. This entire Pentagon strategic thinking is outlined in this book called The Pentagon's New Map by Thomas P. M. Barrett. The author is a professor at the U.S. Naval War College and a senior strategic researcher. According to Pentagon thinking, there are, there are only two types of nations in the world today. Nations who are already functioning in the new global system or who are clearly and firmly going in, in that direction are called the functioning core. But nations who are not now functioning in this global system and are not likely to do so in the foreseeable future unless they are kicked into it by U.S. or European troops or by the threat of invasion. These nations are called the non-integrating gap. The strategy being followed by the United States and the European Union is to, quote, shrink the gap, unquote. The book says, quote, the Pentagon's new map is a cutting-edge approach to globalization that combines security, economic, political, and cultural factors to do no less than predict and explain the nature of war and peace in the 21st century. Barnett's book crystallizes recent American military history and strategy, sets the parameters for where our forces will be likely headed in the future, and outlines the unique role that America can and will play in establishing international stability. For anyone seeking to understand the Iraqs, Afghanistans, and Liberias of the present and the future, the intimate new links between foreign policy and national security, the operational realities of the world as it exists today, the Pentagon's new map is a template, a Rosetta, Rosetta Stone. There is no book more essential for 2004 and beyond. In other words, the Pentagon has developed a global strategy which will, one, explain the nature of war and peace in the 21st century, two, sets the parameters for where our forces will likely be headed in the future, and number three, outlines the unique role that America can and will play in establishing international stability. In other words, this new Pentagon strategy is determining where America has gone to war, with whom, for what, and for what purpose since the attacks of 9-11. Cutting Edge Ministries has long argued that the areas of the world in which American forces attacked under President George W. Bush were very well planned out a long time prior to 9-11. The Pentagon's new map is simply the tool which fleshes out our original belief. President George W. Bush ordered the invasion of Afghanistan in October 2001 to topple the extremist Taliban government and to sow seed chaos and confusion throughout the country that the government of Afghanistan could not block the formation of the regional government, Supernation Number 7. But then we stayed long after the Taliban was overthrown, so the reverberations from our warfare there would destabilize the entire Middle East and Northern Africa. We were never in Afghanistan to, quote, rebuild a nation, unquote, but to remove an established dictatorship. 
Let me repeat that. We were never in Afghanistan to rebuild a nation, but to remove an established, entrenched dictatorship. We toppled Saddam Hussein in Iraq for the same reason, and Egyptians Hosni Mubarak, and the dictator in Morocco, and in Syria too. And today, the plan for Afghanistan is playing out. We are going to discover that the prophetic road to Armageddon runs through Afghanistan. Prophecy declares that China will march a 200 million man army through Kashmir and across Afghanistan. Kashmir is considered to be the top of the world. The turmoil, this turmoil over Kashmir has three possible combatants, India, Pakistan, and China. Consider this news story about China's role in this conflict over Kashmir. In fact, poor Kashmir is controlled by all three nations. Consider this news brief of, no, of January 1, no, excuse me, January 5, 2002, entitled Kashmir Fuels Lethal India-Pakistan Rivalry carried by rents.com. India, which holds 45% of the, of the disputed territory of snow-capped mountains and icy blue lakes, considers it an integral part of the country. Pakistan, which controls a third of the area, demands implementation of a 1948 United Nations Security Council resolution for a plebiscite to determine the wishes of the Kashmiri people, which followed the first war with India. China holds the remainder of Kashmir, which has around 13 million people, some 77% of them Muslims. Thus, all three countries control a different part of Kashmir, with India controlling nearly one half. Look now at a map of, that, of this region to see where Kashmir is and how India, Pakistan, and China fit into this entire scenario which is developing in our daily news. If Kashmir were an independent country, you can see how Pakistan's position in a conflict with India would be militarily unfeasible. Pakistan's major gateway with China is through the narrow area of the Kanjarab Pass along the Karakoram Highway, which winds through the Karahoram Pass. India, on the other hand, has a long continuous border with Kashmir on the west, as does India or excuse me, as does China on the east. Therefore, you can see the military importance of Pakistan controlling the northern one-third of Kashmir, with China controlling the rest of the northern portion, and India controlling the nearly 50% of the generally southern area of Kashmir. Therefore, this little area of the world is the staging ground for a possible confrontation between three powers, India, China, and Pakistan, all of whom are armed with nuclear weapons. And believe me, China is most interested in Kashmir with its Kunjurab and Korkoram passes. The major prophetic implication in this entire episode is that this conflict... <clears throat> in Afghanistan may be enabling China to fulfill some very major biblical prophecies concerning the end of the age. Let us examine these pertinent prophecies to see if these things might be so. And quote, And the sixth angel sounded, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, saying to the sixth angel which had the trumpet, Loose the four angels which are bound in the great river Euphrates, and the four angels were loosed, which were prepared for an hour 
and a day and a month and a year to slay a third part of men, unquote. And the number of the army of the horsemen were 200,000 thousand, and I heard the number of them. That's Revelation 9, 13 to 16. This incredible prophecy tells us that one of God's punishments at the, in the tribulation period is to loosen four great demonic angels or demons which have been bound somewhere in the vicinity of the river Euphrates, probably that extra dimension in which angels and demons exist. These angels lead some, lead some great army of men numbering 200 million strong. Now, when we return to our passage in Revelation 9, we get further insight as to who this army may be and from where they might be coming. Let us go now to the next verse for more information on this unprecedented army. Quote, And thus I saw the horses in the vision, and them that sat on them having breastplates of fire and jacinth and brimstone. And the heads of the horses were as the heads of lions, and out of their mouths issued fire and smoke and brimstone. By these three was the third part of men killed by the fire and the smoke and the brimstone, which issued out of their mouth, for their powers in their mouth and in their tails, for their tails were likened to serpents and had, and had heads, and with them they do hurt." Unquote. Most Bible scholars have great difficulty in understanding this passage, and as this army is described by the Apostle John in a manner which is not absolutely clear to us, before we attempt to ascertain the meaning of this description, let us go forward in Revelation to the point where we see this army coming up to the great river Euphrates. Quote, And the sixth angel poured out his vial upon the great river Euphrates, and the water thereof was dried up, that the road of the of the kings of the east might be prepared, unquote. In this vile judgment, we see that the Euphrates is dried up for the specific purpose of allowing, quote, the kings of the east, unquote, to cross with their 200 million man army. Wow! The kings of the east. Now, what country is east of Israel and capable of fielding a 200 million man army? There is only one country, China. When you count their militia in conjunction with their active army, China can field an army of 200 million men. And right now, China does not have control over all the mountain passes and over the tank country terrain that comprises much of Afghanistan. Once an army reaches the Afghan flat terrain, it can really speed its advance. Now, China wasted no time entering this political arena now that the Biden disaster has occurred. <clears throat> in, in, uh, in, in the Taiwan Sun, August 16, 2021, in an article entitled China Courts the Taliban in Afghanistan, we read this. The world has been left stunned at images of the Taliban's blitzkrieg across Afghanistan as that country's military evaporated with remarkable swiftness. The USA's legacy there has been irreparably damaged, so will China be able to take advantage as the Taliban installs itself in Kabul? On 28 July, Chinese Foreign Minister Wang Yi met formally in Tianjin with a nine-member Taliban de delegation, including Mullah Abdul Baradar, the hardline group's co-founder and deputy leader, unquote. Wang 
publicly acknowledged the Taliban as a crucial military and political force in Afghanistan that is expected to play an important role in the peace, reconciliation, and reconstruction process of the country. Wang continues, quote, such a Chinese affirmation was unprecedented, unprecedented, giving the Taliban much needed legitimacy on the international stage. Remember that many countries still define the Taliban as a terrorist organization, unquote. Mark my word, when the time comes for China to need that Kashmir territory and the flat countryside of Afghanistan, she will have the access she needs. But this unprecedented fiasco unfolding right now with the withdrawal of American forces from Afghanistan will have a major impact on the fulfillment of prophecy in the book of Revelation. <clears throat> Revelation 16, 16. And he gathered them together into a place called, in the Hebrew tongue, Armageddon. Unquote. We reiterate, the road to Armageddon runs through Afghanistan. Now, in the next podcast, we shall just examine how President Biden's incompetency could allow a global war to erupt, producing Antichrist on the world scene. Talk to you later. David Bay, God bless you. Cutting Edge Ministries.